Uh, there's some of you I've never met before, and you might not know who I am, so I'd better talk about my credentials first. I'm married to a beautiful woman. We celebrate our 38th wedding anniversary next year uh, in January. Uh, she's not here because she's working this morning. She's running uh, church for little children in our home church. And uh, she loves that because our first grandson is there. That's, you know, she's, that's what she's there for. She's serving God and the benefits as well. My, my daughter is the, uh, is the uh, uh, bookkeeper for the church. She's got a uh, master's degree in accounting. She's a CPA. And uh, she's, she's pouring that into the church as well. Uh, my, uh, my second son is a CPN. She's a civil engineer. He'd be probably, he's not worship leading this morning, but every second week he worship leads in his wife's dad's church in Brisbane. And my youngest son works for Kimberly Clark as a product category manager and is the, is the youth pastor of a CCC church in uh, Cabramatta. So uh, th- they are my credentials. They, not my family who love God and serve the Lord. I've been working uh, for the last year as the... Um, project manager come support services manager for Scripture Union in uh, Brisbane. Scripture Union in Brisbane, we've gone from 250 staff to 600 staff in the last nine months through uh, the National Chaplaincy Support Program. We've added a number of other people on there and it's my job to give them all the support they can. We run a fleet of 60 vehicles and 80 mobile phones on a couple of plans and and that's what I do um, through the week. And every now and again I get invited to do preaching in our own church, and I go off to a Baptist church and I do some preaching there. We got invited to a prayer meeting recently, Catherine and I, which was really great, and uh, we turned up, it was about 120 people in the prayer meeting in Shanghai, China, for the International uh, International House of Prayer prayer meeting. We turned up, there was about 45 Africans from every nation, from Benin and Togo and... uh, and all these other little African countries that you normally don't hear about. And the worship leader was a, um, a surgeon, an African surgeon, speaking seven languages. He had two worship songs. That's all he prepared, two worship songs, and we, we worshipped all weekend. It was phenomenal. Uh, when I was a young person, they said, you know, be careful if you give your life to the Lord. It will be boring and narrow-minded. They lied. <laughs> Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. It is boring and narrow-minded if you're lukewarm. Don't become an odorless, textureless, flavorless, tasteless believer. <laughs> God wants you to love him with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. It's not boring, it's exhausting. <laughs> and broad-minded, that you can talk on any subject and bring the depth of the word to it. So let's do that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this great place. Lord, I thank you for five years in the tent. I was only there twice, but... <laughs> but I thank you, Lord, what the tent did for this place and for the people who found Christ and for the sacrifice and... It was good as I look out over the heads of these people to the tent and I bless you for it. God will find a way. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. 
If you've got a small handful, bless God, use it. Get ready for two handfuls. If you've got two handfuls, use it for God. Get your wheelbarrow ready. God will fill it. If you've got a wheelbarrow, use it for God. God will give you a one-tonner tip truck. Father, we don't despise anything that you started in our lives, but we give ourselves to you and we trust you that you'd lead us through the journey. At the end of our life, Lord, we pray that the words said about us will be well done, good and faithful servant, that we would have left a deposit in the lives of others, in the lives of our community, in the lives of those who know you and those that are coming to know you. Lord, we are your servants. Use us for that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My role this morning is to bring you around the table of communion, but we don't have a table, but we'll bring communion to you. Somehow, I haven't, somehow communion will come, but I thought we might start in uh, Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. I'm going to use that seat there too, Pastor Phil, if you could just take the stuff off that. And that's it, I need two spare seats there for a minute. This is uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, where Paul says to the elders, uh, we, we won't hand them out just yet, though. Thank you. You're so good. That was a test, and you have passed with flying colours. Thank you so much. Well done. Paul is on the beach at Miletus and he's met with the uh, elders from Ephesus and uh, he's instructed them on certain things that uh, he reminded them of what happened and he's instructed them concerning certain things about how they are conduct to conduct themselves, etc. And then he says, and now I entrust you, now I entrust you, I commit you, I commend you to the word of God Sorry, to God and the word of his grace. And to the word of his grace. How are you doing there? You doing well? Would you stand up for me, please? And both of you, yes. Bring your Bible with you, you'll need that. Bring your Bible with you. Now, I'm going to manipulate these people. You know when you went to church and they said, oh, don't get there, they'll manipulate, I'm going to manipulate them. I'm going to move them. You see, because where you are is good, but I need to put you in another place. So this is what Paul says. He says, I commend you, I entrust you, and so I'm going to, you can imagine my hand is on your jumper and around, not around, necklace, and I bring you with me, bring you with me, and then move you, move you here and put you right there. Back them in, back them in, back them in, back them in. Manipulation in the church, you see. So what I want to do is I want to take them from wherever they are and I want to entrust them to God. I want to bring them in, align them with God. I want to align them up and entrust them into the word of his grace. Not to the word of intimidation, not to guilt or fear, but I want to entrust you into the word of his grace. As a matter of fact, I want to do that with the whole church, but not just this morning. I want, to, I, I want to let the Word of God get in you and just pick you up of where you are and, and, and dump you into the purposes of God, into the Word of His grace. And I want to dump on you. You ever had anybody dump on you? 
You know, somebody's just really, I don't know, had a bad hair day or whatever it was. <laughs> How can bald guys have bad hair days? I'm not talking to you, David. Um, <laughs> I'm not dumping on him. <laughs> I, but I do love dump. I love to dump favor and well-being and blessing and prosperity. I like to dump on people. I like to back my little tip truck up and sort of dump the favor of God on. Hey, bless them that curse you. (laughs) Pray for them that despitefully use you. Let it go. Just like dumping on people. People who don't like me, I love to line them up. People have been told, don't talk to John. I see him across the street. They've sort of walked across the street. Hey, Fred! Hey, God bless you! I love it. The word of his grace. Paul says, I want to, I want to entrust you to God. I want to put you into God and the word of his grace. What does it say in your Bible? It says, which is able... What does it say there? This is which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance to them that are sanctified or them that are called into God. If if I was invited, say, to come to Tugra, and I flew down from Brisbane, got up at four o'clock this morning and came down. If 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 I came, what what could I bring? Something that was able to build you up and give you an inheritance, not something that was able to tear you down and take. I want to... You say, well, why would you go around building people up and giving them things? Because I can. And you can. Freely as freely you have received, so freely can you give. Uh, my dad was a prisoner of war in uh, on... Burma, on the Burma line, on Death Railway. Lived through that, shipped him off to Vietnam, sunk the boat that he was supposed to be on, shipped him back to Changi, then took him across to Japan and he lived 18 months mining coal there. Came back, met my mum, got married, raised three great kids and me. No, three, <laughs> including me. And uh, we really didn't have much. He, uh, he had uh, uh, emotional problems and physical problems because he was... Tortured for three and a half years and starved. And so we really didn't have much. And so as a kid, my, my foundation is, you know, I didn't grow up rich with everything. We didn't have a car. Never had a car. Never, ever had a car. Only went on one holiday in my life when I was a kid. And uh, there was nothing in me that was able to give to people. Then I found Christ. I'm the richest man in the world. Wow. He pours it in, I pour it out. He pours it in, I pour it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Anywhere and everywhere we go, he takes me all around the world and we just take in and we give out. The word of his grace. I love the Lord, the word of his grace. Now, I want to give you a snapshot of, the, of his grace. A snapshot. Somewhere in the scripture, there would be just a little snapshot of the grace of God. And uh, it, yeah, if you went to the Old Testament, you could probably go to Isaiah. That, I mean, Isaiah is just such rich poetry. Of, but I want to... That the, the, the place to find grace is right, slap, bang. You see the, you see the, you hear that slap, bang? That's, you know, the sound effects on the side there. <laughs> yeah, CCC Tagra, come, sound effects on the side. The space sound effects up the front. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That wasn't you, was it, Tim? It was you. 
Everybody look at him. Where would you find a snapshot of grace? You'd find it in the law. Because you see, when you're born again and, and God starts, you can find him everywhere. You can find him everywhere and you find grace. And this is the scripture, just throw this, throw this little thing up here. This is the, this is in, uh, Leviticus. Who wants to go to Leviticus? For goodness sake, you're not gonna find it. You're not gonna preach from Leviticus, are you? No, I don't have to. It'll preach itself. It's so good. I might just step back and it'll preach itself. You can hardly read it, can you? And it looks really good on the big screen. Anyway, let me read it to you. It says like this. Leviticus chapter 4, 32 and 35. It says, if a person sins, they're to find a ewe lamb without blemish and they bring it to the priest at the temple and the sinner lays his hands on its head and the sinner kills it. Don't get the priest to do it. It's not his job. It's your job. You sin. You kill the lamb. And the sinner kills it. And the priest smears the blood on the altar and he pours out the rest of it and burns it. And so the priest makes atonement for the sin of the sinner and he's forgiven. Can I borrow your imagination for a minute? We're in the Old Testament. They built this incredible, fantastic new building at Wyon, Tagra. No, sorry, it's at Jerusalem. I just got caught up there thinking about this. I sort of walked in here this morning with all the water around, etc., and I thought Noah's Ark has landed. It's like it's, <laughs> Noah's Ark was bigger, taller than this, actually. It was huge. It was massive. Football field. Massive. But in Jerusalem, the temple there, and beautiful temple, and uh, previous to that, the tabernacle and all the priesthood, and all dressed up with the ephod on and all the different colored precious stones and things like that. But the temple is not the focus of God's attention, nor is the priesthood. The focus of all, all of that, that's just peripheral. Per, peripheral. <laughs> Put my teeth back in. <laughs> peripheral. Because the focus is this. This is, this is the focus. The priest is, the priest is just a servant of the purposes of God. This is the focus. And so what would happen is, if and when you sin, anybody here ever sinned? Yeah, <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> and so what you do is you take your lamb, not, not necessarily a little lamb, not, not a little tiny lamb, but you sort of, you pick your lamb up and bring the kids. I can imagine David and Nikki and kids there. <laughs> It'd be the biggest lamb you could find, mate, because... <laughs> and uh, you'd... Anybody ever carried a lamb, a, a, a lamb or a small calf or a goat or something like that? You sort of had a, she had a pet one. Don't don't tell me what happened to it. <laughs> Playing New Testaments, you know, <laughs> and uh, you're sort of going along, and you got this lamb, and bring it along, and the kids know. Hey, they're not stupid. The kids know, and they're sort of pulling at you. Jacket, you know. Dad. 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 Dad, don't kill the lamb. Daddy, don't kill the lamb. Daddy, don't kill the lamb. Daddy. It's a ewe lamb. It's a lamb, so it's 
innocent and it's a ewe lamb and it's vulnerable. If ever you want to draw a picture of something that is just so pure and innocent and vulnerable, this is a ewe lamb. And they're carrying this ewe lamb off to the temple and uh, they're on a one-way journey for the lamb. Two-way journey for them. Return ticket for them. One-way for the lamb. And off they go and they they all gather around and um, they put their hand on the lamb's head. They, It's a prayer of impartation. They impart to the lamb their sin. And little kids there, they cry. And little, little girls go, oh, it's... And they take it in and they present it to the priest and uh, he examines it and uh, if it's without blemish, he passes it and they slaughter it. And uh, he smears, priest smears its blood on the altar, on the, on the horns of the altar, smears its blood and burns the rest of it. And so the priest makes atonement. I won't go into that because we've only got just the one morning, but he makes atonement for the sin of the sinner and, and his family and he's forgiven. Now, you're smart. I know that, and you know this story. And I know this story. And I have heard this story and I've read this story for 40 years. But it's amazing what we can overlook. And you might know this or you may not know this, but it came back to me, just came up and smacked me in the face just recently and I just went, oh, Father God as a snapshot of grace. The priest's, the priest's major role in this little drama that I've outplayed before you just now, his major role is to examine the lamb and he never examines the sinner. examines the lamb. And my friends, that is grace. That is grace. The sinner knows he's a sinner. And other people think they know him, but only he knows the sin he commits and the sin he committed. And as he goes into this awesome building with this incredible priesthood, with fear and trepidation, but the priest examines the lamb and if the lamb is without fault, then the lamb totally replaces his, the penalty, the penalty, punishment that should be on him. And if the lamb is accepted and the lamb's blood is spilled, he's forgiven. Let's uh, join the dots here for a minute. The next slide goes this. I'm reading from the, the top scripture. 
believe me if you can't see it from back there, is Leviticus 4 and then the bottom scripture is 1 Peter 1, 18 to 20, which says this, the Apostle Peter's writing, he says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He paid for your salvation to be saved from, rescued from the punishment we deserve with the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began, but now in these final days he was sent to the earth for all to see and he did this for... Can you read that there? And he did this for you. Uh, he, by the way, he did it for me as well. But I came to tell you he did it for you. That Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world was laid, before, before the idea of creation was in the mind of God the Father, before there was a universe or a multiverse, before all the stars were scattered into the place, before that, God knew that he would give birth to us and that at a particular stage in history, we would need help we would need somebody to save us, a saviour. And before the foundation of the world was made, God the Father purposed that Jesus Christ would be the sinless, spotless Lamb of God that takes away our sin. So when you hear the message of salvation, please don't act like a human being, narrow, shallow, and go, oh, I don't know whether... I don't know whether I need that. Stick around for a few more days and you'll know that you'll need that. (laughs) Stop and look in the mirror and see the true reflection of yourself. You need help. Sorry, I shouldn't be... It's Father's Day, I should act like a father. (laughs) I need help. Start from me. We need help. You say to yourself, look at me and go, I need help. (laughs) We need help. And before the foundation of the world, God the Father destined that his son Jesus Christ would be the sinless, spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And right in the middle of the Old Testament law, God begins to fashion the plan. He begins to illustrate he, as a matter of fact, the temple was the centre of the entire nation, the, the, the centre of all their society. The uh, Levitical law, ceremonial, ethical and moral law, the law that governed the way that Israel as a nation functioned. And in the middle of that, he puts a temple. And around that, he put priesthood. But in the middle of temple worship, he puts a lamb. John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was introducing Jesus, he didn't say, behold, the creator of the planets, because Jesus is that. Nothing that was made has been made without Jesus Christ. He is with the Father, the creator in the beginning. A lot of Christians don't know that. I tell you what, it helps when you, you need healing to go to Jesus Christ, not just the healer, but the creator, for he is the recreator as well. He's, he's uh, Hebrews says, 
that uh, he holds all the world together. If you study anything about physics, if you're into uh, uh, astronomy, if, if you're into any of the space sciences, if you're into any level of nanophysics or macrophysics at all, you'll find out that the, the, the uh, astrophysicians, etc., none of them understand how the planet works. Some of the stuff that there's, there's 84% of, the, uh, of matter missing in the universe. It shouldn't hold together. There's not enough mass in the universe to make the universe function. There's something missing. Even within the, the atoms, there's something missing. There should be a, a weight and a counterweight. There's something missing. And the scripture says that Jesus Christ holds everything together with the word of his power. And the more they look into it, the less they know. But we know it's him. We know it's him. But John the Baptist didn't introduce Jesus by saying, Behold, the creator of the universe. He could have said that and would have went, Tick. It says that John the Baptist was the greatest prophet the world has ever known. And I believe one of the reasons he was is because he got his, his greatest prophetic word right. Behold the Lamb of God. That, that, that's the introduction of Jesus to the planet. He said, John the Baptist, he came as a forerunner, a foreteller. He said, I've come to introduce you to somebody. I'll be only around for a little minute. I'm really the MC only. I'll step back off the pulpit and I'll let the main speaker come in. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. By the way, this is a Pentecostal church. It means we believe in the Pentecostal experience as in Acts chapter 2, biblical, talking about signs, wonders and miracles. Talking about the power of God, the flow of God, healings, wonders, miracles, all that sort of stuff. But all of it funnels in on this one single basic foundation fact that Jesus Christ, who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, is also the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It all comes in on, this is the foundation from which outflows all the fullness of God. For without the forgiveness of sin, we are all in big trouble. We are cleansed that we might be filled. And we're only cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We're going to come to communion in a minute. Um, I've got a photograph I use on one of my other slides. And um, it's, a, it's a picture of this beautiful little girl. She's um, probably uh, Berber, uh, one of the sort of nomadic tribes with uh, olivey dark skin, little tiny, cute, big eyes, impossibly big eyes and incredibly long cuffs with this little tiny white lamb and it's so pretty. It is just... It is just so pretty. Oh, it's grace. It's so pretty. But 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 let, but let me tell you about grace. Um, gra- grace works among the pretty. You know, you can, you can get grace, but grace works best among the pretty ugly. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who that was. <laughs> I see that face. I see that hand. Is there another? Because sin is ugly. Sin can bend you out of shape more than anything else in the world. 
It can bend you, twist you, pervert you, turn you inside out, make, look, make you look like you're inside out. Sin works best among the pretty ugly. <laughs> Not the pretty ugly people. I don't look as good as this all the time. I'm having some denture work done. I thought I might have to appear with my top teeth missing. <laughs> Couldn't preach from Pheffalonians. I spray all the front row. But I know without Christ that it's pretty ugly. Some of the stuff in me that's not redeemed is pretty ugly. But grace is pretty in another sense as well. It's pretty radical. Pretty radical. For for example, it's free. You, You can imagine this. The worst sinner, the worst sinner, all he's got to do is get a lamb and 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 bring the lamb to the priest and go, there you go, buddy. My sins are forgiven. One of the problems with grace, it's too good. Grace is too good. It lets anybody off the hook. <laughs> Would the deacons please close the doors? We don't want this message getting out, do we? <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen if people... If people learnt they could be forgiven just, just by coming to the Lamb, by coming to Christ. Imagine that. Yeah. Scandalous. 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 Imagine what would happen to our churches. They'd be falling half the time. Riffraff coming in, wanting to get saved, lives being changed, probably want to bring their family as well. Don't have to pay anything. It's all free. It's ridiculous. You know, stop that message getting out. Let's get caught up in works or something like that, you know. No, no, it's free. And so here's the, here's a guy. Loud there, isn't it? Am I that loud there? Slow down a bit. So here's this guy. Rich or poor. And, uh, he's got to bring his lamb. He's not even going to get examined. He's not even going to get examined. Look, leave it to us. We'll form a committee. I reckon there's a better way to do this. Uh, Get my grabby little fingers on it and we could really mess this up. We could have, you know, the laws and rules and regulations and, you know, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out sort of thing. Listen, Listen to what it says. Let's go to the communion not to the communion. Let's go to the communion scriptures. They're good. And uh, we're looking at, uh, is it 1 Corinthians chapter 11? And it says, uh, for this is what the Lord himself said, verse 23, 1 Corinthians 11, 23. For this is what the Lord himself said, and I pass it on to you just as I received it. On the night when he was betrayed, The Lord Jesus took the loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. By the way, what did you do the night you were betrayed? Wept. (laughs) Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread and broke it and said, "This is nothing was going to stop him. Nothing was going to stop him in getting his love to you. When you you get your guts kicked in, sorry, I could I could have said that in the tent. I don't know whether I should say it in church. <laughs> but you know what I mean. 
in the Thai language, in the Thai language, there's two words. One is okhak, which is to have a broken heart, you know. She left me. I've got a broken heart. I'm going to miss that girl. I didn't know long enough to remember her name, but I'm going to really miss her. That's a sort of broken heart. And the other one is kwam chok cham rigam chai, which means somebody's plunged their uh, hand into your chest, ripped your heart out while it was still beating, threw it to the ground, and then just did that to it, put their heel on it. Chok cham rigam chai. On the night that they did that to Jesus, he took bread and broke it and he said, the devil's not taken my life from me. I'm giving it to my father on your behalf. Don't you love grace? Don't you love grace? See, grace never operates in a vacuum. God didn't love you when you were good. Waited till you were the, just the best you could ever be. Ah, I like you now. You've printed up. I like the rouge, a bit of rouge, a bit of lippy on. You know, sort of, you know, got your hair cut and everything. I like you now. Now I'm going to save you. Now he didn't wait till you're good enough. He waited. Well, he didn't even wait. He did it. And waited till you saw it. If you can see it this morning, praise God. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, he said, this cup is a new covenant, a new agreement, a new contract between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. He said, this I've done for you. Uh, I lived in Thailand for six and a half years. Saw them go off to the Hindu temples and they'd carry the dead chickens or the chickens and they would, they would take the, chop the head off the chicken and pour the chicken blood out over the you know, on the ground and make an offering of the chicken, etc. They were doing it for their God in communion. Our God has done it for us. Somebody said, all religions are the same. Rubbish. I'm sorry, are all religions the same? No. I mean, if you really thought that, you don't know what you're talking about. Examine them yourself. They're totally different. Jesus Christ, God the Son, Lamb of God, comes and bleeds and dies so that you might be reconciled to the Father. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You're announcing the Lamb shed on your behalf till he comes again. If anybody eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner, That person is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking from the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup unworthily, you are honoring, you are not honoring the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some of you have even died. A few little heavy parts there. But even in the heavy parts, there's grace. You see, after you get to know the Lord for a while, what happens is that when you read the words, you can hear his voice. You can hear the tone of his voice. And he's really like a father. And he's not going, miserable sinner. You've stuffed up again, haven't you? I told you not to do that. He doesn't say that. He says, son, need to talk. 
We need sun, we need to talk. It says, if you examine yourself, if you judge yourself, you will not be judged by others. Or you'll not be, God will not judge you. Listen to this. This is the rich guy who thinks he can just get a lamb and take the lamb to the priest and go, there you go, there's my sin offering. See you later, you want 50 bucks as well? Give me 50 bucks as well. You know? And he goes home, he doesn't do that. What he does, he comes to the temple and he lines up with everybody else. There he is, he's lamb. Stand up please, David. Rich young ruler, soon to be relatively famous young ruler. We're standing there in line. He's uh, brought a peace offering or a wave offering. He's got a bit of barley or something. You know? John's here. John's here. Going to get my sins forgiven. I've got a sin offering. Everybody knows it's a sin offering. Hey, David, what sort of week did you have? Great. Great. He goes, hey, John. Hey, John, what sort of week did you have? What do you reckon? Mate, this is a sin offering. (laughs) What sort of week do you reckon I had? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Do that well. I've got a lamb in my arms. A ewe lamb. A ewe lamb. Nothing written on the lamb. Everything written on the sinner. Warp, 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 warp. Sinner. Sinner needing salvation. Sinner needing grace. Whatever he did, something's going to die on his behalf. Now, let me tell you who communion is for this morning. Communion this morning is for everybody who knows they need it. You say, but John, I haven't been in church for 15 years. Then if you know you need the Saviour this morning... Please have communion with us. If, if you've been in church every week for the last 15 years and you know you need the lamb, then would you join us for communion this morning? You see, what happens is just by turning up with the lamb, see, you've had to go and buy the lamb, you've had to negotiate, you've had to find one without blemish, and then as you stand in line in the temple, you identify yourself as a sinner needing a saviour as a sinner needing your sins forgiven you have examined yourself already and the best way to examine yourself is keep coming back saying I need him I need him I need him is there anybody here outgrown their need for the Lord I hope not because if you have outgrown you need for him, you need to just go back and just check out both his word and your life and say, I need him, I need him, I need him. How do we do this? We're going to get communion. Um, are you going to do what I hope you're going to do? Which I should have asked you to do earlier on. She reads my mind when my mind is blank. How good is that? If we pass, if we pass them along, and then we stand, we'll pass them along, get them, and then after you've got the emblems, we'll stand. Is that okay? Would you come? Thanks, ladies. I've actually gone home. <laughs>
We'll do this, we'll pray, and then I've just got one more statement to make. Thank you. Can you give me a bit of a flourish? Something. You do it, I'll follow it. Ah, uh, yes, that's nice. Yeah. Just take the anointing in here, everything you know about grace, everything you've just heard, and just it's got a little bit of a got a bit of a trumpet in there as well because it's sounded to the world. Tell all the nations about his grace. That's the sort of let the nations receive. It's got ta 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 a bit of a little bit of attitude. Da 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 ta ta. You notice I know nothing about music. It doesn't matter because I know a lot about grace. Sinner saved by grace. Any sinners saved by grace here this morning? Saved by grace, not just barely in, just push right over the line. Grace will do that for you, won't it? It says, by the way, in uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 3, I think, it says, it says, this grace that brings us salvation teaches us to forego all the lusts of the world. grace that teaches us, the grace I want to be taught by grace I want to be taught by grace I want grace to instruct me how should I deal with this man, he's getting right under my skin and up my nose, how should I deal with him respond to him in grace they're like taking him out, putting up for lunch back off, go away, come back when you've got grace in your heart I'm only picking on you Andrew because I can it's a wrong example. It's too gracious. Would you stand with me, please? Give me something anthemic. Doesn't matter. Nobody will know whether. Yes, 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 yes. You can hold this in one hand and just lift the other hand to the Lord. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Lamb of God. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. So he brings the lamb before the priest. And he kills it. The priest, having examined it, takes the blood and wipes it on the horn of the altar, horns of the altar. You know, the only reason that we're standing here is that because the priest has already, the father has already examined this lamb of God and says, spotless and without sin. 
received and accepted in your stead whose blood is shed for you not only is the blood smeared on the horns of the altar but upon us ourselves covered by the blood sanctified set aside belonging to him he declares because of Christ your sins are forgiven the only thing he examines the only thing he examines he doesn't intricately go through every sin if the priest did that the priest would be there all day every day just for me checking out my sin he looks at the lamb and he says spotless and no matter what sin you have if you've come depending on the lamb that's what we're here communion for this morning if you come depending if you are you with me this morning depending on the lamb I'm here to, I'm not depending on my righteousness how good I am what a good life I lived how much I prayed this week how much I read the bible I'm here depending on the lamb alone after he had taken the bread he said this is my body given for you let's eat the bread together took the cup he said this is this is a new agreement this is an agreement this is a contractual arrangement between the father in heaven and between he and you via my blood that if you come depending on me your sins are forgiven if you come depending on Jesus Christ as your savior with faith in his blood then you belong to the father eternally let's drink that contract drink that contract. Thank you, Lord. Won't you give him thanks? Lift your hands to him. You may be seated. One prophecy, two statements. This is the prophecy. Ephesians chapter 1 says, the glory of his grace. I'll rejoice, not that I heard that feathers fell from the ceiling. I've preached in that church in the States where the feathers fell from the ceiling. They didn't fall the night I preached, by the way. <laughs> Nor oil appeared on your hands or diamonds appeared on your seat. If I hear that, I'll go, whatever. But the glory of his grace is when men and women understand what he's done for us and they give their lives to Christ. If I hear the glories in the house, the God of glory, the glory of his goodness, and his grace I'll go yes and if there are diamonds well whatever sweep them up let the janitor sweep them up at the end of the night whatever use them to pay off the mortgage whatever I don't care but you know that's not where the real glory is the glory is in his grace the glory is in his grace is there somebody in the meeting that God has spoken to and touched this morning that you've been away from the Lord or you've never given your life to Christ and God's opened a window of understanding and say, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. I want to accept his forgiveness. Is, is there somebody here this morning who wants to do that? Somebody has just found a new amount of courage and said, I want to do that. 
Is it you? Just put up your hand and say, Pastor John, it's me. I, God spoke to me this morning about his grace. I just want to receive the Lord.